1: Welcome on into the mom show today. Thank you for joining us. If you've been listening to the news at all this week, you have heard story after story after story about the U.S.'s baby formula shortage right now. You've heard stories about how Utah moms are going to great lengths to find formula and I feel like sometimes when you hear story after story after story like that, you it really starts to sink in. Like, oh, this is a massive problem. I probably need to like pay attention to this. And while yes, absolutely, it is a massive problem if we are short baby formula. I think uh, we got to take all things in context and make sure um, we know that it's it's largely the specialty formulas that are in short supply, specifically in Utah. And this week, doctors from the University of Utah gave an update on the state of the baby formula shortage in Utah. And I did some reporting on this this week, and I found it so invaluable for mothers who have questions out there that I just want to play the whole thing in its entirety. So uh, we're going to start with the question of why you shouldn't panic by right now, and then we'll move into some other questions. You'll hear a University of Utah moderator in between some of these questions, and then um, I will do some more explaining on the back end. But this is Dr. Michelle Hoffman explaining why – we shouldn't panic by right now.
2: While we have a shortage, you don't. We want to make sure there's enough to go around for everybody, and and really just buying to meet the needs of your baby. You never want to have more than a few weeks' supply on hand. Um, while we're experiencing this shortage, the second thing is that um, we really want to not. Uh, we want you to avoid substituting without um, uh, the help of uh, medical professionals. So reaching out to your pediatrician, your family doctor, to our WIC office, if you have questions, Um, absolutely no diluting of formula to make it last longer. No switches to um, goat's milk or other um, cow's milk formulas, um, with the exception that um, after six months of age, if if you're in a real pinch, that is a time where Um, With the help of a medical professional, um, you might consider introducing small amounts of cow's milk. Um, Right now, we aren't experiencing huge shortages of the cow's milk-based formulas, and so we wouldn't expect that you would need to do that, um, and that's why you would want to reach out to a medical professional if you were thinking about that. Um, It is also really important um, that um, you know what your resources are and you have a plan Ahead and, and that's where co- talking with our WIC office and asking your questions ahead of experiencing any shortages is really important. We can substitute uh, some formulas um, and across brands if they're of a similar type. So if your baby's taking cow's milk formula from one brand, you can switch to cow's milk formula of another brand, uh, but, but the formulas may taste a little bit differently. And so it's important to, if you have supply left, to gradually decrease and introduce the new formula so that there's a slower transition and not an abrupt all of a sudden switch to a new formula for your baby. They may not like the taste as much. It really should be a gradual process. And so planning ahead, again, to do something like that is really important.
3: Um, Can we let's quickly go to um, Jodell at WIC to give us an update about what what you know on your end right now and talk a little bit about the products that we do have, and some that can be switched out with others and we were talking about that a little bit before we got started and I think that would be probably a good place to start with your information.
4: You bet. So first of all, Utah WIC just echoes all of the really great sound advice that we just heard from Dr. Hobson Rohr and Dr. Hoffman about not diluting infant formula or working to make your own homemade infant formula. It's really important to work with your pediatrician to make sure that your child's nutrition needs are being met. Um, WIC has been very busy since the infant formula recall hit the market back in February. We've pretty much worked on infant formula Nonstop since then. I will tell you an update of the things that WIC has done to take action. We had waivers enacted within 48 hours of the recall that would allow us to expand our formula options for Utah families, which is, as it, as it has turned out, has been a really great and much needed gift to Utah families uh, during the shortage. We worked to create expanded formula packages that would allow families extreme flexibility at the grocery store. Instead of having to buy what would typically be one prescribed formula, they could take their WIC benefits to the grocery store and buy whatever brand of formula fit within their formula package. For example, a standard milk-based formula. Uh, And our nutrition team has just been fantastic at staying on top of availability and adding formula UPCs as they have come onto the market and been available across the state. We have uh, worked very closely with grocery stores to identify holes across the state and to shift product from store to store or from area to area as has been needed by Utah families. Um, We have utilized our internal texting and app resources to get messaging out to WIC families uh, regarding not diluting infant formula, not making homemade infant formula, and also about some of the possibilities and tips and tricks for finding formula amid the formula shortage. And perhaps most importantly, we have lent our voice to a variety of groups and organizations across the state who are very concerned about the health and well-being of Utah babies. And we are doing everything that we can to support finding resolutions um, wherever we can uh, contribute to those resolutions. Uh, Perhaps one of the key pieces that we have done um, just this morning, I issued a vendor memo that went out to all grocery stores that are WIC authorized grocery stores across the state. Reminding them that WIC does not have a policy uh, that would limit their ability to control the number of formula cans purchased in a daily transaction or in a single transaction uh, by family across the state. So hopefully that will help spread the product out a little bit longer, uh, not just for WIC families, but for all families across the state of Utah. And then just finally, if only we had a crystal ball to let you know when things would be resolved. We were just on a call this morning with the FDA and the USDA who spoke of the agreement they have reached with Abbott manufacturers in Sturgis, Michigan. They are looking to, fingers crossed, be reopened within the next two weeks. And then after that, they're saying that supply will take six to eight weeks to reach our store shelves. And that's where we are with WIC.
1: Jodell Gelman park there explaining uh, WIC's program uh, in Utah and how they're dealing with the baby formula shortage. Uh, You're listening to a press conference that was held earlier this week from University of Utah doctors on the baby formula shortage in Utah specifically. I felt it really invaluable to play all this information for you in its entirety where I couldn't when I was reporting on this issue earlier this week. So we'll take a break more on the baby formula shortage when we come back on The Mom Show.
0: You've joined The Mom Show. Being a mom can be tough sometimes. We try to make it easier. Here's Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio.
1: Welcome back in to The Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. I am Lindsay Ertz. If you've been living under a rock this week, then you probably haven't heard about the baby formula shortage, but for everybody else, Uh, The U.S. is experiencing a baby formula shortage right now. And this week, doctors at the University of Utah gave an update on the status of Utah's situation specifically. And my main takeaways, as I did some reporting on this this week, was that it's largely the specialty formulas for babies with dietary needs where Utah's... uh, Uh, feeling the pinch of this shortage the most. So I think that's an important perspective to keep in mind. But also, during this press conference, doctors gave some really invaluable tips about what to do and what not to do if you're feeling the shortage and need to find formula out there. And one of their main messages is don't dilute, don't water down your formula, and then uh, don't make your own formula. So I'm going to play this press conference virtually in its entirety. Uh, You're going to hear a U of U moderator in between introducing the next speaker and asking questions. And uh, this is University of Utah Dr. Wendy Hobson Rohr, who explains why you shouldn't dilute and why you shouldn't make your own formula.
5: Yeah, there's a couple different reasons. So, formulas are really made with a lot of technology, actually. There's a lot of study that has gone into formulas, and there is the exact amount of proteins, minerals, um carbohydrates all of the things that a baby needs to grow have been really looked at in terms in formulas and are in the right proportions so um making a homemade formula would not match the same optimal um, protein content and sugar content, minerals, and vitamins. So that's the real reason that you don't want to use your own formulations because we want to use the technology and everything that's been studied in terms of the formulas that are on the market and FDA approved. They're in that category for a reason because they have been studied and we know that they are safe and the healthiest thing for babies other than human breast milk. Um, the, um, Reason you don't want to dilute it is that if you start to dilute the formula, what you're doing is you're diluting the calories. So the baby will not be getting the same amount of calories. And they also could get um, electrolyte abnormalities in terms of not having the right sodium um, or other um, minerals and uh, electrolytes because their kidneys are not used to not having the right amounts. So our human bodies are amazing, but a lot of times babies, um, kidneys and everything else don't work quite right. So we know we need to do formula as it is, um, recommended and mixed properly or, um, using human breast milk, if if you're already breastfeeding. I also just wanna say, you know, we always encourage breastfeeding, but at the same time, there are many reasons that a woman could not breastfeed. Um, We're gonna move over to our um, milk bank in just a little bit, but just a reminder that not everyone can breastfeed, not every baby can tolerate breast milk. And so while breast milk is definitely recommended um, in the absence of breast milk, then formula is really what we need to use.
3: Thanks, Dr. Hobson Rohr. Um, that is a great lead-in um, for Elizabeth Kurtz, who's here from our um, Mountain West Mothers Milk Bank. And um, a couple questions. But first, Elizabeth, if you could just give us a brief introduction about the work that you do. And then we do have some specific questions about breast milk, um, you know, who can participate who can donate and how you're working um, with parents as part of this shortage. So Elizabeth, if you want to take over for a few minutes, that would be great.
6: Okay, thank you. Um, I, as mentioned before, I am the lactation manager also at the University Hospital. So I am a board certified lactation consultant. And um, we reiterate everything that has been said so far. Um, As lactation professionals, we're trained in infant feeding, not just breastfeeding. And so um, all of our... Organizing bodies um, agree with everything said so far that the two most risky things to do are to make your own formula or to dilute formulas. So um, we want to make sure that that's really that message is really getting out there. Um, as far as the milk bank goes, um, a lot of people do know that we we have opened a milk bank in Utah, started in twenty twenty, right at the beginning of the pandemic, was when we opened, and so Mountain West Mothers Milk Bank is available here in Utah. Um, a milk Milk Bank is, for the most part, the purpose is to provide pasteurized donor human milk to sick and fragile babies. So the majority of our milk is given to uh, or is, is sold to hospitals for the NICU population and then the well baby population that has some transitional issues. Um, So a lot of information is going out about um, contacting the milk bank for Pasteurized milk, and we don't have that availability to be providing that milk to the outpatient population. And I know in some states where they have more established milk banks, that is possible, but it is not currently a, a, a thing that we can do in Utah. Um, you may have seen that even Himbana, which is our, our um, organization, uh, the umbrella, uh, the governing body for our organization, um, Himbana has put out a call for donated donor milk because we've had shortages as well. And and it's also pandemic related and supply chain related. So so it's not the the place for people to go for outpatient milk. But with that, I wanna say that anyone who can donate milk to the milk bank, we would really appreciate that because we are also um, experiencing shortages there. And this milk is so critical for our NICU and um, fragile
3: populations. Um, Elizabeth, the question that we have from Facebook, and you can help with this, I think, if Mm -hmm. if a mom has been breastfeeding and she is no longer breastfeeding and now wants to try to breastfeed again, even pumping, is there a way for her to get her milk supply up again? Is that a possibility?
6: Yeah, that is absolutely a possibility. And um, lactation professionals are trained in um, these emergency situations for relactation or induced lactation. And so um, contacting a board certified lactation consultant would be the best way to go about that, if someone is breastfeeding and their milk supply is maybe lower, and so they're partially formula feeding but want to increase that supply, um, then again, working with a board certified lactation consultant, we can help increase that supply.
1: That is Elizabeth Kurtz there from Utah's Mother's Milk Bank talking about this concept of relactation. I've been playing you a press conference that happened earlier this week from U of U doctors on Utah's baby formula situation. And we're going to dive more into this, this uh, thought of relactation and whether uh, this is a good idea right now when we come back on The Mom Show.
0: It's the toughest, most important job in the world. for kids. If you want to know what it's like to have a fourth, just imagine you're drowning. And then someone hands you a baby. <laughs> this is The Mom Show. It's where moms come to learn and share. Our host is Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM.
1: Welcome on into The Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. I am Lindsay Ertz. We've been talking about the baby formula shortage over the last hour. Uh, in fact, this week, University of Utah doctors giving an update on Utah's situation with the baby formula shortage. And if you've been living under a rock, then you haven't heard about it but for everybody else, I think when you hear story after story after story and you know some mothers in dire situations, it starts to put into your mind that, that, that we need to panic we need to go out there and buy all the formula. Uh, so doctors at the University of Utah were very specific that we shouldn't panic by right now. And they also say that Utah's main shortage area is with the specialty formulas for babies with special dietary needs. Now, these could be some of the most vulnerable babies out there, so it is really important that we're fixing this situation. Um, but uh, I think one of the takeaways too is that for you know mothers just on that generic, everyday get it at Costco formula that we use, um, we don't need to panic by right now, and so. Um, One of the solutions out there that we know mothers are doing is this concept of having somebody else breastfeed your baby. So this would be where you're, as a lactating mother, producing breast milk, and you can either just, you know, get with a neighbor and, uh, you know, offer to feed someone's baby. Or maybe you put it on the Internet and there are strangers offering to feed other people's babies right now. It is a lovely concept of moms helping moms, but doctors are warning that it does come with some safety risks. So this is one of Utah's specialists in the area, Elizabeth Kurtz. She's with the Mother's Milk Bank, and she was asked whether or not feeding someone else's baby is a good idea so that's a, that is quite an interesting, um, question and something
6: that we, we look at all the time. Um, I always like to point out that I, my original, um, degree is I'm a, Master of Public Health. And so I really look at benefit risks on all of these situations. And in an ideal world, mother to mother milk sharing is a wonderful thing. And it's a wonderful gift from one mom to another. Uh, But we have to be very aware uh, that it is not regulated and it is not there aren't the protections that are put in place with a milk bank. So, in the milk bank, we screen all the moms to make sure that they are um, healthy, that they are providing enough milk for their own baby, and so, and that they don't have any. Um, medications or illnesses that could be contraindicated for donation. If you are mother-to-mother milk sharing, we don't have that set and there's no one who is regulating it. So um, if someone makes the decision to go that route, then it is a very good idea to work with their own healthcare provider um, to look at all those benefits and risks and then to do very good um, screening and interviewing. So um, the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine and all the other governing bodies on um, lactation and breastfeeding, they don't um, set it up as the recommendation, but they do have guidelines if people are going to make that decision, always recognizing that there is risk on both um, the parts of both parties. And so the um, mom's health, the health of the baby that sh- who she is um currently breastfeeding, and then also looking at handling of the milk products all need to be taken into consideration. And then working with um, a healthcare provider on flash pasteurization methods and processes. So it's not an easy answer. um, But I am seeing a lot of that through Facebook and through different communities.
3: Thanks for that, Elizabeth. Um, Another question, which I think this idea of relactating is really interesting. A question for media. How long after someone has stopped breastfeeding could they consider this idea of trying to relactate?
6: So so interestingly enough, um, a grandmother can relactate to feed her grandchild. So um, that is a long period of time. It may not be easy and it may not work as efficiently or or as well, Um, but we don't have any end date on when you could attempt to relactate. Um, A little bit more realistic answer would be that within the first year after giving birth, the hormones are still in a pretty good place that you could um, potentially relactate uh, fairly Easily and um, without as much uh, intervention and hormonal um, interventions as would be required with an older or a longer period of time from birth to trying to relactate. Um, it is it is really interesting, and you can even um, lap, you can induce lactation. Also, is um, is where you would bring on lactation without having had a baby, so you didn't give birth, um, and that would be something for someone who's gone through surrogacy or adoption could consider that as. As well,
3: um, we're getting just a couple, I think, kind of similar questions that you may have answered, but I want to make sure we cover everything. Um, ABC4 has just asked um, there have been many Utah women breastfeeding who want to help their communities in need. And is that safe if more people hop on board and want to help if that's the right way to help by donating breast milk? And I think we talked about that. And also a question on Facebook, can a wet nurse be utilized for babies that don't have formula? So I keep, I think it's the same kind of idea of so many people wanting to help with donating breast milk or being able to try to breastfeed a baby who may not be able to breastfeed otherwise and doesn't have access to formula. So I just want to make sure that we're giving people resources who have questions about that and the best way to do that. And also the safest way to do that if there are no other options for babies to be able to get nutrition.
6: Um, So it does go it it, it goes right into the um, informal milk sharing or the mother to mother milk sharing that we always need to consider the health of the mom, the health of the baby. She is breastfeeding and and even the health um in a wet nurse situation you would want to consider the health of the um baby who might be um wet nursing from the other mother because of the transition of bacteria from one person to another um, as part of the whole process of lactation breastfeeding. So we always want to consider that then the safe handling um, and and just all those safety measures. So I'm always going to defer back to the healthcare providers of the um, people in that situation, just so that we are looking at all of those things, because it's too complex for just to give out blanket information on that. Um, But it's health and safety and then it's um, safe handling. As far as the best way Way to donate, um, I'm going to defer that. That probably, if people can donate to the milk bank, then I would say that that's going to be a good way to offset some of the use of formula in the hospitals, which is then going to make it more available for outpatient um, or the babies in our community. So. Um, to donate at the milk bank, uh, they, you would start with the online application at giveyourmilk.org and um, see about the qualifications. And there are strict qualifications. Um, because that milk goes to sick and fragile babies, we do have stricter parameters than um, what would be out there if you were feeding your own baby. And I know that's discouraging for some people to get deferred or to get um, denied, uh, but we do have to keep those rigid um, and and really um, strict guidelines in place to comply with Himbana and our, our milk banking processes.
1: So that is Elizabeth Kurtz. She is with Utah's Mother's Milk Bank, uh, talking about all the different issues around um, donating breast milk right now, which is a solution that many mothers experiencing the baby formula shortage have offered and are looking into. Um, You've been listening to a press conference that uh, happened earlier this week. Doctors from the U of U and experts uh, with the Milk Bank and uh, representatives from Utah's WIC have been updating or updated us rather earlier this week. And I was able to do some reporting on that, but I felt this information just so invaluable. So I wanted to play this for you more in its entirety where I have the capacity here on The Mom Show. Uh, We'll take a break, dive more into this when we come back on The Mom Show.
0: Back inside the Mom Show. Dads are welcome, but moms come here to be heard. We're with Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio.
1: Welcome on into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. If you are just joining us, I've been sharing excerpts of a news conference held this week by U of U doctors on the baby formula shortage. And this, uh, to me, in my mind, was vitally important to get this information out in its entirety because I I couldn't uh, air it in its entirety in a news capacity. Uh, So this show is uh, an area in which I wanted to kind of... Give it to you in its entirety so you could uh, understand what doctors are, are telling women to do, families to do in light of the baby formula shortage. Now, one very important note that I think maybe has been lost as you hear story after story after story about the baby formula shortage is it starts to send this message that everyone go panic by, and doctors are saying, no, listen, we are specifically short on the specialty formulas. That help babies with specific dietary needs, like if you have a sensitive baby, right? Those specialty formulas are kind of what are in more short supply. But you'll hear doctors from the University of Utah tell us that we are actually doing okay when it comes to just the regular formula, the cow's milk formula, that... Um, you need you need to feed your baby if they don't have any dietary needs. So with that being said, I'm going to play you the rest of some of the questions that uh, U of U doctors answered this week during a press conference earlier this week. Dr. Michelle Hoffman, uh, first and foremost, speaks to kind of what the baby formula shortage looks like right now in Utah specifically.
2: Just generally, though, we are not really experiencing too much of a shortage of cow's milk formula. Um, it's more the specialty formulas that Dr. Hobson Rohr referenced um, formulas for premature babies, babies with allergies, um, and that's, that's where we're experiencing more of a pinch. But I'll pass it over to Joe Dell to add some more detail.
4: Uh, Yes. So what we're seeing in WIC matches exactly what Dr. Hoffman just stated, that pretty much standard milk-based formulas are widely available across the state. You may have to stop at a couple of different stores to find the items that you need, but they are available across the state. And then it's the sensitive metabolic um, allergen Uh, sensitive type formulas that are lacking widely across the state in grocery stores. I do want to, however, state that families can reach out directly to formula manufacturers um, to acquire the special formulas that they may need for their children and or they can work closely with their pediatrician who can request those special formulas. So even though the special formulas might not be on grocery store shelves, if they're working with manufacturers or with pediatricians, they should be able to receive the formula that they need for their babies.
3: And Jodell, just a follow-up question, this is from Facebook, and I think this just assumes that everyone kind of understands why we are where we are. Can you just quickly um, reiterate, why are we having this shortage on these specialty formulas?
4: Sure. So 98% of the infant formula that is consumed in the United States is produced in the United States. So when you shut down a major producer of infant formulas specific to specialty formulas, it has dramatic impact nationwide, which is what we're seeing right now.
1: And you've been listening to an excerpt from a press conference that doctors held this week from the University of Utah on the baby formula shortage um, in Utah specifically. And uh, I wasn't able to, when I reported on it, give gave as much information as I could, but sometimes I don't have very long to tell you what's going on. And this is an area where families are concerned, women are concerned. Um, they're, Questioning whether they're going to have formula to feed their babies, and I thought it was very vital that doctors from the University of Utah were telling us that it's mainly these specialty formulas where we're seeing the shortage and that we shouldn't panic by right now. Uh, Also, we talked about in previous segments how they're talking about not to dilute formula, not to make your own homemade formula. That's an important message, too. Um, if women think they need to be in a dire situation right now and they're trying to make the formula stretch, they might to resort to some of these measures. And doctors are saying that's not the best idea. It's not a good idea at all, actually, because uh, formulas are very scientifically formulated with the correct proteins and minerals and nutrients and iron and those things that specifically growing babies need. And so giving them uh, not... That is uh, not a good idea right now. So I'd invite you to podcast this episode wherever you podcast. Just search for the KSL Mom Show. You can listen back to this entire press conference uh, with doctors from the University of Utah updating us on Utah specifically and how we're dealing with the baby formula shortage out there. Thank you for joining us this week. We'll be back next week on the Mom Show.